0: (laughs) Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the Pumpkin Patch, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host, Sean, the Pumpkin King, Ellis. How's it going, buddy?
1: Ah, David, 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 buddy. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Man, you
0: gotta be super busy over there this time of year, Pumpkin King.
1: Oh, sure am, Blockhead. Uh, did I miss something?
0: what blockhead oh i get yeah. it i get it i was going oh my gosh dude. i was going <laughs> i was going nightmare before christmas with the pumpkin king i was throwing oh. throwing off the scent and then blockhead for that's some okay. reason i was just like wait wasn't that from like gumby the blockhead?
1: oh there there were the blockheads that were in gumby yeah, so
0: that's where i went so my cartoons got crossed and uh really just screwed me up there for a second Yo, you never cross the streams, nah, bro. No, kids, don't get your cartoons crossed. It really messes you up bad. <laughs> no, blockhead. Blockhead sounds like, I don't know, like a mid-60s uh, slur that you would you would call your best friend or something like that, right? If they were being stupid, yeah, just call them yeah, blockhead.
1: Yeah. Like, you're square. Like, you know, that whole, like, oh. you know, be there, be square mentality. Like, you've got, like, a block-shaped head.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't
1: like that. I'm pretty sure that that is the etymology of that idiom based off of zero research and me not looking anything up on the internet. (laughs) Based off of assumptions. (laughs) Based off of armchair theories that I just came up with. And this
0: cartoon we watched, which uses it uh, kind of a lot, I guess. Uh, There's a lot of insults kind of slung around, which is surprising. This one, we talked about it last week. I was not a big fan of this growing up. I did not seek it out. I know it's played every year, has been pretty much since 1966. Um, I did not seek it out. I did not watch it a lot. I've maybe seen it like three times total in my entire life and was not a big fan what about you
1: i do remember watching this quite frequently Uh it's been in my youth i remember watching this quite frequently in my youth i don't believe that i've watched it for several years and watching it tonight kind of sparked a debate um between me and another guest of the show melanie harker Um, who's not on the show tonight Who's not on the show tonight. And so this was, uh, this was something that uh, I, very, I had very distinct opinions about this show. And it was, I had never actually really sat down and sort of, I think Dave and I had actually never really kind of tried to make these thoughts or ideas concrete until this evening. Right. And so it's going to be kind of our job to sort of better articulate some of our thoughts and feelings behind this show. And and sort of the the direction that we feel, but yeah, I, it was it was interesting because I was very hopeful yeah. going into the cartoon, and then I think maybe by the end of the show tonight, I'm gonna say whether or not I was uh, I felt fulfilled or uh, you know kind like of happy, or, okay. you know, with my with my ability to to be able to kind of take in and process this show, or if this was something that you know I kind of took a completely different. I I don't need it's hard well we'll get into it because this
0: is like for the first time I feel like in 125 episodes that we've actually had more to talk about thematically than just like hey let's talk about all the crazy shit that happens in this bonkers cartoon where it's just like that that just gives us enough leeway to talk about like who was making these decisions this is more like a thematic thing where you can actually you can actually have a conversation and discussion about it without actually talking about the plot of the show so Probably not a new direction for us, just at one episode departure, most likely. Because everything else does not lend itself to a philosophical discussion, like ExoSquad.
1: Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, Turbo Teen yeah, really leads so to the, you know, body dysmorphia and, and kind of understanding some of the things that people go through. Should we turn teenagers
0: um, into hot rods? Discuss. Uh, yes, 100%. Next question.
1: You know why? Uh, kids always want cars. Kids don't want to maintain... Or be responsible for those cars, mm-hmm. you make kid a car, you solve have both them responsible those then. Yeah, solve both those problems. Yeah. Give them a car, make them responsible for the car. Take care of yourself, everybody. That's what I'm trying yeah. to
0: Yeah, don't them. buy them a car. Make them a car.
1: Make them into a make car. Make them
0: into Ugh. a car. I don't know how many times we have mm. to say it. Uh, so do you, you want to give the folks out there some history about what we're actually talking about tonight?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It's the... <laughs> It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is a 1966 American primetime animated television special based on the comic strip Peanuts by Charles M. Scholes. The Emmy-nominated Halloween special was the third Peanuts special and second holiday-themed special following A Charlie Brown Christmas, to be produced and animated by Bill Melendez. CBS re-aired the special annually through 2000, with ABC picking up the rights beginning in 2001. Where it is now aired annually during the Halloween Halloween. Where it is now aired annually during the Halloween season. Until the until twenty thirteen ABC broadcast You're not elected, Charlie Brown, which aired immediately after It's a Great Pumpkin, as if to emphasize the proximity of Halloween to election day. Had you
0: heard about that one? I'd never heard of that one.
1: I had never heard of that one.
0: And I don't after watching this, I don't know that I want to watch it. The fact that I've never even heard of it probably doesn't bode super well, <laughs> but maybe this year because the election's so bonkers, maybe I will watch it.
1: I think that my problem that I would have with it is because the election is so bonkers, mm. and because uh, Charlie Brown or the Peanuts comic strip in general just seems to map a lot of adult content onto children. Yeah. I would be, I'd have a little bit of, uh, I'd be hesitant to watch it to see these kids go through what would seem like a democratic process Mm -hmm. only to have things not either like
0: fully mature or have their spirits crushed.
1: Yeah. It just be very, I feel like for peanuts, it's a world of disappointment. Mm, That sound, that was the
0: alternate title originally for the comic strip.
1: Right. Disappointment. Charles M. Schultz world
0: of disappointment, (laughs) world of disappointment. Mm
1: -hmm. And so I feel like for this world of disappointment to watch something related to the election so close to this bonker electoral season would just further compound my stress level. Guys,
0: I think what Sean is trying to say is, please go vote and write in Charlie Brown. I'm pretty sure that's 100% what he's saying. Oh
1: my God, please do not write in Charlie Brown. So you heard it here first. Uh, there's, only, there's only one candidate, and there's one candidate only. Charlie Brown. It. Charlie Brown.
0: Downtown Charlie Brown. Downtown Jesus. <laughs> Uh, weird. I would actually vote for a cartoon character over the living cartoon characters this season, but uh, that's just me. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, pick a cartoon ca- Now nah, we're not going to go through that. I'll be here all night telling you cartoons. I want rather- to vote for Turbo Team. I'll vote Marshall Bravestar.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, and Vice President... What
0: was his name? 4040? Uh,
1: Yeah, 4040. 4040? That doesn't sound right for some reason. Yeah. Is it 4040? 2020? It's okay. 2020. <laughs> Guys, we've gone so far down this
0: rabbit hole now. At this point, I think we're talking
1: about peanuts. I think we're talking peanuts. <laughs> we're definitely talking peanuts. I think we're talking
0: peanuts, and specifically, like Sean mentioned, we're talking it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown because we are still in kind of the throes of this. Isn't really you know Monster Madness Month, but it is obviously Halloween themed, and this is the 50th anniversary of it, so that's that's kind of a cool thing. Um, haven't heard much about that on TV, but by the time you guys are hearing this episode, you should be seeing it on TV or have seen it already. So for any folks out there who don't know what this show is about, I'll give you a brief synopsis. With autumn in full swing, the Peanuts gang prepares for Halloween. Linus writes his annual letter to the Great Pumpkin, despite Charlie Brown's disbelief, Snoopy's laughter, Patty's assurance that the Great Pumpkin is a fake, and even his own sister Lucy's violent threat to make her brother stop. Only Sally, Charlie Brown's younger sister, who is smitten with Linus, supports him. That's the the crux of it right there. That's pretty much what you need to know. Linus is obsessed with this belief, That there's this entity known as the Great Pumpkin, and it is going to spring out of the most sincere pumpkin patch, which he hopes is his, and will then deliver toys to all the boys and girls. And it'll be a fantastic Halloween evening. So he's not doing all the other things that the other kids are doing, like raking leaves and then making costumes and going trick-or-treating and going to a Halloween party. He's sitting his ass in a pumpkin patch. Right. Yeah. So. (sighs) Ah... The end. Next time on Saturday Morning Cartoons, we'll be talking. Oh. I mean, it's, it's honestly like that's a setup, but it's also like a summary of the entire plot. Yep. Yeah. For better and worse. I mean, I know there's people out there who love it, so I will apologize to you guys ahead of time. I do not love this cartoon. I am also on the same boat that Dave. Yeah. I did not enjoy
1: re-watching this. Twice. I watched it twice today, just to make sure oh that the first God. time wasn't like...
0: Just a glutton for punishment today, yeah, right? something like that, something like that. Mm. I mean, there's, there's fun moments, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I don't know. Do you want to? Let's talk about this theme song briefly and just get into it like we normally yeah. do. So the theme song is a similar theme song to start from what we're used to. So it's like that very right. familiar kind of just like instrumental, very musical, and you'd know it as soon as you heard it. Right. I think that the Peanuts
1: theme song is, is a classic. I think that the second it comes on, uh, you know, hearing some of the the piano music that goes along with it, you, it's immediately recognizable. Yeah. It's lovely to hear. It's playful. It's fun. It's joyful, which in some cases just seems to be a complete contrast with what the actual sh- cartoon is itself. Right. Um, so you know that like, dun, 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 like that, it's so fun to hear. Like the second you hear it, you're. Enthusi I, I got enthusiastic. I remember all of those scenes from like almost any peanuts cartoon yeah. where all the kids are kind of just dancing. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like they're just kind of like standing there, just like moving their heads back and forth and their their legs and not actually moving anywhere because it was too expensive to actually animate that process. Exactly. And so it, it made me think of like things like that, which I know is from another Charlie Brown uh cartoon, but it, it just made me happy to to hear and see that music and have that memory. Um But none of that happens in this cartoon. (laughs) None of that happens in this specific Great Pumpkin cartoon, which is so Mm. disappointing because it seems like such a universally classic moment for all of Peanuts, you know, that you you would have a dance moment in something like this, that you would have that moment of joy where you would have (laughs) of, of joy or just excitement or just these kids just being kids and dancing like we've seen. You know, what are these, like, uh, anywhere between, like, six, seven, eight-year-old yeah, kids? Yeah, I think
0: they're, yeah, somewhere around there. They're, like, a little younger than South Park age, I guess.
1: You know, and, and, and so they're just, they're sort of joyful dancing, and they're, they're very carefree, and they don't feel like they have any problems, and then it just felt like everything that happened in this cartoon was them having adult problems over and over and over again, well, to the point where I was like, I'm an adult, and I don't even have those problems, <laughs> and now I'm concerned.
0: You're a conscientious adult at this point, watching a cartoon yeah. about adults with kid voices. Uh, I'll say, just sticking on the theme song here, yeah, it does have that main Peanuts theme, just to be like, this is a Peanuts cartoon. But then it quickly just turns into like a kind of spooky alternate version of that with just like silly Halloween stuff. So there's like witches flying around and owls coming out of the screen and bats kind of chasing the kids in costume around. So it's just kind of like, hey, it's a Peanuts cartoon, but it's a spooky Halloween episode. Uh, but nothing spooky happens after that that's literally the only thing that's spooky that's literally it i mean there's more like military drama and action in this piece than there is anything else spooky uh for a section of it so to call it a halloween special it's weird because this thing is like it's it's played every halloween it obviously centers on halloween but it almost has nothing to do with halloween except that it's made up its own mythology correct and i find that interesting but also kind of like Maybe that's why I didn't really want anything to do with it when I was a kid.
1: Okay, may we get into that portion of it? Yeah, we're not going
0: to discuss kind of the beat by beat unless it it pertains to what we're talking about kind of thematically tonight. Sure.
1: So I actually, so the the whole idea of this great pumpkin Mm -hmm. is a concept and a construct that Linus introduces to the rest of the group, which, you know, it it, it seems as if, and correct me if you feel different about this, Mm -hmm. Dave. That it felt like Linus understands that there is a Santa Claus in this universe, right. but he understands that Santa Claus is fake.
0: Well, I wouldn't... I had that impression. I would say that he doesn't necessarily say that Santa Claus is fake. I would say that he equates his belief with the Great Pumpkin with Charlie Brown and probably everyone else's belief in Santa Claus, because there's a line where when Linus is writing his letter to the Great Pumpkin and Charlie Brown's like, I can't, I I don't believe that you believe in this stuff. And he's like, well, you happen to believe Mm -hmm. in a guy who flies in Santa Claus who flies around at, you know, Christmas time handing presents. It's the same thing. It's just like a a Halloween theme. So to me, he doesn't necessarily not believe in that. He just has an additional (laughs) belief that there's this great pumpkin thing flying around.
1: Right. And so I think the word that you hit on here is the most important is belief. Like he has this specific belief in something that is happening. That he has an expectation, he has this belief in this thing that if he is sincere enough...
0: Yeah, and if his, if his pumpkin patch is sincere enough. Both, right. both of those things are important because both of them are stressed.
1: And, and, and so if he is sincere enough, if his pumpkin patch is sincere enough, then he will be visited by the great pumpkin. Right. And so uh, this sort of seemed like it could almost be a religious parable. Oh, 100%. In, in a sense where... Linus has this has this belief, his faith is tested, and you know, and you sort of go on that journey with him. Yeah. Is this kind of to sidebar, is this the normal hero's journey where something <laughs> happens that changes him? Uh, I would kind of disagree with that because you're sort of set in this trajectory where uh you know, he's introducing this new this new lore,
0: right. Which was and is really interesting because... It's very interesting. Because where does it come from?
1: Yeah, exactly. The, A, there's no parents None around,
0: of... so we can continue with our theme of dead kids for the month that these kids might as well Whoa. be in purgatory because they don't grow. They don't apparently mature. They don't have any... They have th- things that hand out candy, but you never see them. Um, so either they're just like robot humans, or <laughs> they are parents you just never hear or, or see them. Um,
1: I just figured that the person handing out the candy was Ed Ed Nettie. Oh, that makes sense. Handing out just jawbreakers and rocks in child in child purgatory. Yeah, exactly. Just handing everything it's out. It's actually
0: just Ed Ed, Nettie just stacked on top of each other in an overcoat. Right. Yeah, just handing out candy. Um, but no, the the point with that was that we don't know where this came from. Right. I mean, obviously it came from Schultz because he kind of made the whole thing up, but we don't know where Linus got it from. We don't know if he just made it up from whole cloth and has been doing this since he was a kid. We don't know if before he died his parents told him this story, and he's... Oh. <laughs> we, the point is we don't know where it came from. He says it, he believes it, and everybody else is so familiar with it that they're like, oh, what's what's that about? Except for, I think, maybe Sally is hearing about it for the first time.
1: Yeah, it seems like Sally is... Uh... Is kind of being introduced to this lore for the first time. And she's a little bit hesitant, but she, she has, uh, she's in love with him. She's in love with Linus. And so, you know, love, love is a beautiful and very dangerous thing, Yeah, you know, because she will kind of follow him, uh, to the ends of all of this, you know, in order to, to see it. And, and she has her doubts. Linus has his doubts, uh, you know, and, and ultimately there's sort of a, kind of felt to me like a half hearted reveal uh with them sort of in this pumpkin patch at midnight with sort of what ends up transpiring. Right. Um that it doesn't really have a like a conclusion right to me. That it felt it felt like a great story and a great lore and something very fun to introduce that is not supported by any of the other children (laughs) in any way whatsoever. I would have been more interested to see what the great pumpkin celebration aspect and focus was for all of this. It would have been infinitely more enjoyable. It would have been something that it would have really kind of given these kids like a a fun world and environment to play with, you know, something that, you know, possibly could have been created since this is sort of like an American hallmark, this cartoon. It could have been something that could have been coupled or sort of attached to Halloween, it would have been commercialized
0: have been to hell and back. If this hell. actually had like yeah. a like a ceremony or something with it, but then on the flip side of that, it would not be sort of this faith allegory. And so, so that's I, you the, know, that's I, the flip I, that you have.
1: And so this this whole faith allegory that they have with with Linus and him kind of understanding it, like I think, and this sort of maybe boils down to what my my core problem is with the Peanuts cartoon, like the Peanuts animated cartoons. Right because we need to make it very clear that this is this is not the the insular little nugget that you get in the Sunday funnies right. you know this is a 25 minute cartoon that is using these children who shit on each other constantly to it. explore yeah to explore this 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 crisis of faith regarding this really interesting lore that we don't have any idea of where it comes from right. you know and so and it and, and it doesn't feel like the story has any resolution which Maybe that's part of the argument for people who are faithful is that there really is never any resolution. There is, like, you're faithful because you believe that. That's your core belief, and you you have that that's instilled in you, which is fine. But in terms of a fun child story, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't leave you with a warm fuzzy no. at the end. He almost freezes to death in this pumpkin patch. Well, and that's the
0: other thing, because he has got no parents around to like take care of him. Um, can we, yeah. can we just pull back a little bit? I want to get into that, the faith sure. argument, but I want to, yes. I want to knock out some sort of foundational arguments for our approach to the cartoon before we do. So let's, do it. let's just pull back and look at Peanuts as an animated cartoon. Not necessarily this, spe- this specific cartoon, but just in general. So basically, right. Sunday Funnies, two-dimensional, you read it in your own voice versus the animated color version where it's a bunch of kids' voices that are saying very, like, adult dialogue. Correct. That, I love the Funnies. I love the artwork. I love the character design, even though it's bizarre because it's a bunch of, like, large babies running around, basically. They, like, like Charlie Brown is one of the weirdest-looking kids you've ever seen. A little curly cue hair, and that's about it. Weird. He's a weird kid. Some of them are okay, but they're all kind of like I lumpy potatoes. If potato you're looking, kids.
1: if you're looking for me to disagree with no, you, no, on no, no, I'm just getting that out he's of He's a weird kid, and Linus is a weird. They, <laughs> they have. I, I always thought to myself, like, oh dear God, don't let me turn into one of those peanuts yeah, kids just in terms like, of my hairline. Well,
0: that or you're just your skull.
1: And I, I, am turning to just have as spindly of <laughs> of what well, wire, wiry hair <laughs> you're that not Linus an has. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not an eight-year-old. No, I'm 36 years exactly. old, but he's got, like, spider legs for hair.
0: Yeah, and then when he gets, like, scared or she shouts at him, it kind of just, like, creeps out. It, fre- it freaks but out. But, that, again, that's the reason that I like the design in the, in the comics, because there it's just, like, it's line drawings. It's very uh, simplistic. It's a minimalist. I like it. It was probably super easy for him to draw. Um, animated, that just gets weird, because the hair does weird things, and their heads do weird, lumpy movements. It's weird to me. It's just a weird animation. And then the voice acting. So, when you're reading the comics, you read them in your own voice. So, even if you give right. these characters different voices or you just read it in your own voice, that's always going to be kind of your first go to. So, when you see this on screen and it's, it's not your voice, that's already kind of like it's a weird thing. Because you'd spent so much time reading these comics and getting to know these characters and their stories and their dialogue, and you hear, you know, oh, good grief, you hear that in your own voice. And then to hear it in this weird kid's voice, it's just there's some kind of weird disconnect for me. And that's always been my problem, right. I think, with the Peanuts cartoon.
1: No, I agree. Yeah. It's, you know, I think one of the, the strongest arguments that I, I can think of or that I can make for all of this is that when I think of one of my favorite cartoons from when I was a child was Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. And Bill, and Bill Watterson never animated any of the Calvin and Hobbes series, to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, because every time you read that you read that as your childhood self right. you read that as the with the whimsy and the sort of the the childlike desire that you had as a kid during that point in your life and and to read those now it always takes me back and makes me extremely nostalgic for peanuts you know it it, it I feel like there is still that imagination yep. that's there that sort of uh, imaginative approach that they have, but the way that these kids interact with each other, you know, like is, is completely unsupportive from start to finish. Well, I, I,
0: again, I like it in the comic version because there is something funny about seeing they're supposed to be little kids, but they're speaking in kind of a highfalutin dialogue. That's more appropriate for adults. And they're doing weird things like signing contracts and, and having these philosophical arguments with each other. That, to me, there's something simple and elegant about that. In a comic version, there's something weird about hearing it almost like like a weird drama teacher is putting on a play with his kindergarten class, and like he's, he's just like, learn this line, doesn't matter if you know what it means or not. It's just, there's something that just rings odd and off about the animated versions to me. Always has, probably always will.
1: I think one of maybe the, the best examples is sort of Lucy with yeah. her five-cent therapist office. Right. In the individual cartoon setting, that is very enjoyable because it's a little bite, yeah. you know. But I don't want I don't want a full meal of that. <laughs> right. I don't want to sit down and have a seven course meal of that in any way, shape, or form. Right. I just want the small bite, and that's it. And I'm satisfied with that. I walk away, I'm happy. I agree with you, Dave. Like in that distilled moment, it's fun. Anything beyond that for me regarding peanuts is just it, it feels like it's just. See, now that's
0: a good segue because you can tell from watching It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, that they have this core story, but that wasn't enough to fill out, because nothing happens, spoiler alert, uh, it wasn't enough to fill out their 25 minutes, so they are like, oh, well, what do Peanuts fans really want to see? They want to see Lucy pull the football from Charlie Brown and he falls on his ass. Okay, fine, funny, you see it coming, you don't know how it's going to play out, but it, it plays out and it's fine. They have like these weird little they're kind of connected just because they exist within like the childhood their, their time together but they're just kind of like right. weird segments that and like the, everything was Snoopy we can talk about
1: you you get these and, and just to go with these like these really bite-sized yeah. moments that you're talking about you know we we have uh, we have sort of the the Linus and Charlie Brown sort of standing in front of like a brick wall kind of lamenting about right. you know some things like at the very end uh, we have a pig pen right. trying to disguise himself and they're just like how'd you know it was me well you've got like a, a fart trail yeah. that follows covered you in, everywhere. covered
0: in a swarm of gnats
1: like of course we know it's you like but that was it s- he like,
0: only shows up for that recognition moment for people right. to be like oh it's pig pen and then they're like he's right. relegated to like i don't even know if he was still in the group um right. but he like no you know, idea doesn't show up again
1: uh you have you have schroeder playing the piano Once. at one point um and you have, you have Snoopy kind of going on this, this World Let's, War One pilot. Can we talk about
0: that? Because uh, that with that and with Schroeder has nothing to do with anything else except to be like, here's a funny little side story for Snoopy, and we're going to bring Schroeder in because yes. we don't have anything else to do with him. Right. So while everybody's kind of dressing up and doing their own thing, most of them are like ghosts or witches with just like a mask on. Uh, Snoopy has his little like aviator goggles on, his beanie and his scarf, and like his weird, it's not a cane, it's like a wand like a like a yeah was it macarthur did macarthur used to have that like like a conductor's baton to like point around and then he would tuck it under his armpit as he walked i believe so yeah regardless of whoever it was uh so snoopy at this point is the world war one flying ace so we have this weird segment that just goes on for a really long time where he climbs up on top of his. This is all just by himself. Nobody's with him. There's no Woodstock. Charlie Brown's not with him. Everybody's out.
1: Charlie Brown is
0: narrating during this
1: point uh, because he he narrates like, that, like when he climbs that onto the where he yeah. says where he he like it seems like Snoopy is about to like to speak right and he opens his mouth and you can see them animate what that word would have been but it's, it's filled in by Charlie Brown. Ah, okay. Like, all the exposition at that point is filled in by Charlie Brown.
0: And there's not too much. He basically just says, here's the World War I flying ace getting into his sop with camel to go on another dawn patrol and look for the Red Baron. You're like, okay, that's, sure, whatever. So it's just Snoopy sitting on top of his doghouse, and then there's, like, this crazy kind of animated dogfight that's all in his imagination. Uh, right. He crash lands. You... Yeah, go ahead.
1: But that, that can be fun. Yeah, it was, it was like, fun. It was that... just weird. That, imagine, that imaginative component of Peanuts is fun, right. you know? And it seemed like in that instance, which is sometimes why I have such a hard time with this, is that this is a dog yeah. who's like, I'm a World War I pilot, <laughs> and nobody says to him, that's a dumb fucking idea. But then, but then a human, right. a human being is like, I believe in a great pumpkin, and immediately they're just like, you're a dumb fucking. To idiot. the point that
0: they form a line to come in and tell him one by one how stupid he is.
1: Yeah, how dumb he <laughs> That's is. Pretty for cruel. This. That's
0: pretty cool. They literally amazing. lined up and just be like, uh, "You're a fucking moron, guys." I don't know if they said that Char- pretty close.
1: Charles M. Scholes was like the world's first uh, bully. I- I'm pretty sure that he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna see if I can bully the hell out of this kid. Like it's it's ridiculous how mean these kids are. And yes. You know what? If you, when you were a kid, were you mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. You probably mm-hmm. were. If you have children right now, are your kids mean? Yes, absolutely. They're little they are. jerks. We're, we're garbage people to each mm-hmm. other in this landfill that we live mm-hmm. in. And so, like, I get that. It's it's there, but fuck, like, I want a little bit of a reprieve from that when I watch a cartoon. Yeah. That's why we're doing we do this. Reminded. Why... I don't want to be reminded.
0: That's why we've watched 60 plus hours of stupid cartoons. to not think about life (laughs) that's why we hope you join us for like an hour each week to just get away from life for a minute (laughs) but not tonight (sighs) so okay so he's on this trip and i mean and that's fine there that would have been enough if he like had a fight against the red baron like the song or you know if he was just flying around and then he crash landed and and then went back to the party fine no he has to crash land behind enemy lines he has to spend a fairly extended sequence walking through like the French countryside in order to get to safety, passing like way markers <laughs> and mile markers and climbing through trenches and swimming across rivers. And I'm just like, all right, I guess. And then eventually he gets back to the party. There's a kind of funny thing that happens with, with Lucy, but then there's a bizarre thing that they continue this world war one theme with Schroeder. And I, I went and looked this up cause I didn't know if they just like, if they had made these songs up for the cartoon or if these were actual songs. So these are actual ward world war one. Song, uh, the quote-unquote happy songs where, and he did make me laugh a couple times. When when Schroeder plays a happy song, Snoopy's kind of like marching in place, and he even does this kind of like weird like showgirl thing where he just kind of like looks at the camera and just like waggles wow. his he's eyebrows.
1: Che- he, he is cheesing it was so super hard at that point. But that stuff is fun. That's fun.
0: It's just weird because it went on so long. So the, he alternates between a happy song where Snoopy's marching and smiling, and a sad song where he's basically like crying, like a like a train wreck like he's like that beagle cry that like weird cartoon snoopy cry yeah um so the happy songs are called it's a long way to Tipperary." you've probably heard that one yeah and the other one is pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and you probably know that one if you hear if you hear it the sad songs were there's a long long trail and roses of picardy or picardy um okay. so i don't know but they're world war world war one songs and it's just like a Guys, weird thing to stuff into. World War into this. One
1: wasn't so hard to say. Yeah.
0: Especially after drinking a little bit. <laughs> World War One. WW One. WW Uno. The Great Wall. It's just a weird oh, thing man. to cram in here though. Now, we should say that Schultz was a veteran of World War Two. And right. that was something that kind of like opened his eyes a little bit and may have affected, you know, stories later on. Um, so this is just like an interesting thing. Maybe he just became a historian afterwards and just thought it would be funny that Snoopy was a flying ace. I have no idea. It has nothing to do with the Great Pumpkin. Has nothing to do with Halloween except playing dress up, and has nothing to do with anything else except getting Schroeder a chance to, you know, play on his piano for a few minutes. Right. It was fine. But then that was pretty much it. Snoopy does have one more role to play in this, but we, we need to backtrack a little bit to talk more about. You wanna focus on Linus? You wanna
1: focus on trick or treating? You want you wanna
0: talk trick-or-treat? Sure.
1: Let's talk trick-or-treating for a moment. So uh, there, is, there is one very supportive moment in this entire cartoon, which is a beautiful little brother-sister moment that we have um, uh, with Sally, right. where she, makes, she asks the question, makes the request, am I able to go trick-or-treating with everybody? She's, she's very
0: cute. She's precocious. And, and, and she has the definition of the word precocious.
1: That is perfect. And so she she makes that she makes the ask, you know, which is hard, I think, for a lot of children to just be like, may I be included? Right. She makes this because she's younger than everybody she else, too. Yeah, correct. She is accepted into everything that is going on. And so they they tell her, like, you can go, you can you can trick or treat with us this year. And she's like, and well, so how they, does that
0: work? Yeah. yeah.
1: And so they they explain to her, they're like, you go up to a house and you say tricks or treats, right. which Dave, I don't no, that know was weird to me. When... That was very that was weird, weird to me. me. Okay, thank tricks you. Tricks or treats. It was very weird to me. Tricks and tr- tricks or treats? I've never done no. that. I've said trick or treats or, treat. or I've thrown toilet paper and eggs at people's houses. We used houses. to do
0: tic tac, and I think I've told you about this before. Tic tacking, do you remember? Oh yeah. That's Where right. you throw like uh, dry corn at people's windows and it makes yeah. a real creepy sound and they investigate and you just run like hell. The end. <laughs> Simple fun. Nobody gets hurt.
1: Did you ever do anything like really terrible? Um
0: halloween never did eggs never did tp never broke anything no it really didn't i mean honestly you'd probably get shot in our neighborhood if you did something real bad so nah just a lot of tic tacking that's about it
1: we uh we did we used to do toilet paper uh people would throw eggs at one another mm-hmm. uh there was a shaving cream like the gel shaving <laughs> cream that shoots really yeah. far um i one year uh, found a fire extinguisher at somebody's house and sprayed people with fire extinguisher Fun. um which is not good to have on your person. Yeah, terrible idea. Uh, especially because I began running after people trying to spray it and I would spray it in front of me and then right I ran through right it. through it myself. And then put the so... fire
0: extinguisher back for someone to use. <laughs> no, I just threw <laughs> oh, okay,
1: away. I I was at least intelligent to enough get to get away from the I evidence, think,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I think one year my favorite was somebody threw a potato at me. <laughs>
0: No, I think the closest we'd get to that is like the like the rotten pumpkins. At the end of the day, like you might, if you're walking along, you might pick that up and throw that. But I don't even think we did that because I was the one that had to. When stupid kids would do that on my street, I was the one that had to go out and clean up the rotten ass pumpkin that was splattered all over the place.
1: I remember one year distinctly, a friend's mom called all of the moms in the neighborhood uh, because we had evidently had like a huge egg, toilet paper, pumpkin, potato fight uh outside of their place and we had to all go out the next day with other people's like uh their like their lawn yeah. hoses and we had to spray <laughs> down the street and push everything like into the gutter because it was just like it was a mess. I'm sure it was.
0: Uh, shitty kids. See be, kids are shitty twelve again. No, I yeah. never did that. I actually I remember once we were trick or treating. It was my I was at my dad's house and he was, you know, it was just him and me and my brother. And my brother and I are about six years apart. So we were taking... You talking about Andrew? We are talking about Andrew. Not Andy. Talk about Not Andrew. Not Andy. Don't make that mistake. Didn't say it. Didn't Find say it. Find yourself in the bed. Uh, so we're, we're out trick-or-treating. He's taking us around. And my dad left a giant bowl of candy out on the porch with a big sign and the porch light on. And it says, honor system, you know, take two, three pieces and leave the rest for everybody else. He's like, everybody yeah. can take two, three pieces, leave the rest for everybody else. So we're walking down the street and we didn't get like two houses down and we passed these other like younger teenagers coming up and my dad was he kind of said it under his breath but also kind of to us at the same time which was a really weird kind of way to do it because he wasn't like talking to us but he was like (laughs) narrating like something was happening in like a tv show and he's like you know what if anybody's gonna fuck with that candy it's gonna be those kids and i was just like are you are you talking to me because i was like 12 at the time i was like are we in on this together like is this are we going is shit going down what's happening i need to be so it's actually super cool that what we did, we circled back through the woods, because our house was in like a wooded development, Ooh. we circled back through the woods and were real quiet and waited for these kids to um, come to our porch, and sure enough, two of them like made a, a, a beeline for the candy and just started like shoving it into their bags. My dad came roaring out of the woods, scared the shit out of these kids, but to the point that they were just like frozen <laughs> still, they were just like, ah, with like handfuls of candy. And he was like, <laughs> and then he got real quiet, which is, you know, dad dad voice. When they get, like, real oh, quiet, that's scary. No. So I just, me and my brother were kind of, like, back by the tree. He's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, and he was like, you three empty all your bags back into that bowl. And he were like, no, but we went, we already got candy early. And he was like, I don't care. You saw the sign, and you decided to be little shits. So now empty your bags into the bowl. And the one kid was like, I swear, mister, I didn't take anything. And he was like, all right, you can take a couple of pieces but you two to your bags and get the hell out of here. It was great.
1: Holy it shit. It was great.
0: And we didn't get, I don't think did we you, got papered after that, which is really weird. You would expect
1: like to be papered after that. Did you explain to your dad that he had set, or at least adhered to the gold star standard of laziness
0: in Halloween <laughs> candy distribution? It was more like he wanted to be a nice guy and put candy out for people, but he also had to take me and my brother trick-or-treating. I couldn't have been 12. <laughs> I had to be way younger than that, because otherwise I would have just taken him around. Uh, yeah, he had to take us around. So there was nobody else there. Man. But that was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then nobody touched <sighs> like that candy that. bowl the rest of the night, so we, we came back and, <laughs> <laughs> and gorged on it. Good times. Oh, God. But guess what wasn't good times? Watching these kids go around and trick-or-treat.
1: And why wasn't that a good well, time, Well, it was a good
0: time for some of them. They got like, I got a chocolate bar. I got a popcorn ball. Sucks for you. I got a quarter. Sucks for you. Even though a quarter back in yeah. 1966 was probably pretty decent. Oh, I got a rock. I got a rock. Charlie Brown. Thanks, Charlie Rule Brown. Three. Charlie Brown got a rock three times. And guess yeah. what? Here's a shitty thing. Just like those kids learned that Halloween night. Maybe like share with other people. If, if you, me, and our friends are going out trick-or-treating and for whatever reason one of us kept getting a rock which is weird that multiple people yeah. in purgatory would hand out rocks I would be like, dude that's really weird. So here's like some candy from me here's some candy from you know our other friends like we can each give up a few pieces of candy for you to have not a bag of rocks by the time you get home yeah,
1: yeah right? right so here's here's my concern is back in 1966 who watched this and then was like wait can i throw rocks at kids <laughs> i'm sure some people were like, what Halloween in 1966 and 67 were like kids just stoned
0: in a cul de sac? Well, it was up until that point, they were like, ugh, I guess I have to give like potato candy or like whatever, potato whatever candy. I got laying around, bowl peanuts, whatever. Boiled and then peanuts. in 66, they were like, oh, I can throw rocks at kids and they won't come around taking my sweet, sweet witch candy. And then in 1978, when Halloween came out, you could just start murdering kids. So. It was, a, it was a logical progression, but we weren't quite there yet. Uh, um, what was interesting, actually, was so many people were upset in the real world. So many people were upset with Charlie Brown only getting rocks for chick <laughs> trick-or-treat that they sent Schultz bags of candy that said, this is just for Charlie Brown. So that's kind of cute. Like, people from uh, all over the world were like, this candy's for Charlie Brown. I'm sure he had a shitload. Uh, but it's kind of a cute story. Uh,
1: that is kind of yeah, fun. I do like Way that. cuter
0: than what actually happens in the cartoon, because they don't do that.
1: Yeah. Because they don't do that at no. all. In fact, at the end or the conclusion of their Halloween expedition, right. they decide that they're all going to go over to a Halloween yeah, party. Yeah, Violets and throwing Violets. a party. Okay. Which, first and foremost, Charlie Brown, pretty spitten with this Violet character. Yeah,
0: and he got invited. Uh, and
1: he got and invited. And he did a little dance. Immediately, immediately, Lucy was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> there were two piles of invitations. Yeah. One that should have gone to people saying you should come to the party. And one to people who said that you should not be coming to the party. What a shitty kid. You got the wrong pile, Charlie Brown. You shouldn't come to this. Nobody wants you You there. You basically got like
0: like, the wedding announcement. What You got the wedding announcement, which means you're supposed to send a gift, but you're not invited to the wedding. So please send a gift, but please do not show up, is essentially what Lucy was saying. She's a real brat. I'm
1: surprised you didn't just throw those rocks right through that the, Charlie, the window of the Charlie house. should just
0: hold on to Halloween rocks year after year. Ugh, yeah,
1: Just a rock party with uh, that, yeah. that pillowcase
0: full of stones. <laughs> just come out swinging. Uh, yeah. So, so they go to the party to the and party. The, it looks like there's going to be like a moment of like redemption and kind of like joy, right? For Charlie Brown. For yes. One second. No! One second. It doesn't happen. No.
1: For like two seconds. But
0: like, It's like all the girls and they, there's like a pumpkin on the table and they're like all the girls are like, Charlie Brown, you should be our model. And he gets like all flustered. He's like, oh. Oh, finally, someone's recognizing my my handsome features of this cue ball yeah. head with a curly cue pigtail coming out of my forehead. Right, and then they do something pretty shitty where they use the back of his head as like a template for drawing uh, the pattern of a jack o' lantern that they're gonna cut. So they just right. essentially draw another jack o' lantern face on the back of his big bald head. He's not super thrilled with that.
1: And I love the f- I, like I love to hate the fact that his reaction ultimately is just sort of that like. Flat face emoji that ha- is just sort of like with the thin lip. It's just like,
0: mm. Mm. but like red face too. Mm. He's not thrilled. Yeah, but that's He's that's well pretty much up. the end of things for Charlie Brown. I mean, so, except for the very last you are scene. Correct. I mean, star of the show and doesn't let, really do anything.
1: Let me talk about these two other nuggets that are in here. Let's talk about nuggets that that are again. Um, they're either extremely demeaning towards women or they're progressive towards women okay dookie
0: oh okay Okay. i know one yeah
1: so we have a moment where lucy is about to bob for apples (laughs) okay okay and she's like oh great you know bobbing for apples and somebody like off camera like somebody just goes oh lucy you'll be great for this you've got the perfect mouth for it and you're like
0: what that one i'm okay with she does have a big mouth she's kind of a brat yeah she's that's a big mouth, just desserts but it just, right there
1: it, it, it's a creepy comment it is for kids without line. parents to make yes
0: um but i took it as just so, like she's got a big mouth and that was fine and yeah, hopefully it was I charlie too. brown and he just like <laughs> just
1: he's just off in the corner and he's like bam got you now, hope he just ran
0: after that actually he's like that was a good oh, one she's yeah. gonna whoop my ass so i better get out of here yeah just built a house with those stones and just barricaded himself yeah, inside. chuck them out her head when she comes by. Uh, so, oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, 1966. But then,
1: yeah, the, the second part that we have is this one line where uh, it is between Sally right. and right. Linus, where uh, there's a conversation that is going back and forth, and Linus makes the comment, he goes, you know, I just thought that young girls would accept or understand everything that's said to them and 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 sally has a great response she's just like no that's not the case welcome to the 20th century dummy and just sort of like puts the kibosh on it right there and to me i was like that's great like he had a he had a moderately sexist (laughs) remark towards young women and then it is immediately shot down like succinctly like sniper like precision and I I like that too
0: because this will lead into our next topic which will probably close out the conversation uh, for tonight but I like that she said it that way because it also lets you know that this whole time that she's been sitting with Linus was not because she's buying his bullshit about the great pumpkin or really even cares about it quite that much like it'd be a cool thing if it happened that she could share with him she just wants to spend time with him because she likes him so she's not you know, 80% of it is that she likes Linus and just wants to spend time with him, even though she says, like, if you try to hold my hand, I'll knock your block off or whatever. I'll slug you. Right. Um, but there's like 20% that maybe she could be swayed to believe in the Great Pumpkin. That blows up terribly at the end. I will say before we get into this faith kind of discussion, uh, Sally has a great line earlier on, which kind of defines how precocious she is when she's asking about the method and the manner of tricks or treats. And she's like you know, Lucy says, you go around, you knock on the doors, and then you get candy. And she's like, is it legal? And Lucy's like, that's yeah, right. of course it's legal. <laughs> she's like, I'm glad to hear that it's legal. I wouldn't want to be accused of taking part in a rumble. And I was just like, what is that? <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying?
1: That's so cute. Taking, taking, part, taking part in, part a, in rumble. a rumble. In a rumble. Yeah. So that was, that uh, was super cute. But it's, a, again, a, a weird
0: example of, like, kids that are cute saying dialogue that's written. Just weird. It's just weird dialogue.
1: Yeah, I think it's just it, it's weirdly adult, right. uh, weirdly adult dialogue mapped onto a children, and that that is a relatively standard trope of having yeah. like young intelligent child who provides context and exposition for the adults. The only problem is is that in this case there are no fucking adults. Right. So who were they actually convincing or educating or ha- or giving a self realization to? Nobody. It's just nobody's there to
0: hear Right, it. even in, like, South these, Park. These things are said, yeah. Even in South Park, these kids, they can be alternately shitty to each other, they can be friendly to each other, and they can be wildly imaginative and also very uh, mature and philosophical at the same time. Usually in contrast to the, the adults who are the complete opposite of anything mature or rational or normal. The adults are usually the right. bonkers ones. And the kids are kind of like, obviously, Stone and Parker. But you don't have that for Peanuts. You just have kids being older than they should be, but also being shitty to each other, and nobody really learns anything, and there's no recourse for anything, but also nothing good happens. <laughs> so I don't know why people yeah. love this one so much. Uh, I don't get it. But we'll get into the, get I think it's time to get into the big question here. Yeah,
1: let's get into this, this final philosophical question for this There's cartoon. a lot
0: that can be unpacked here, and I don't know which way the show creators and writers want you, I don't know which way they would come out of this thinking. I don't know if they are pro-faith and have drawn this up to be like, if you believe in something, then no matter what happens, you still believe in it. it. It doesn't, because a thing doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, doesn't take away from your faith. Sometimes it can strengthen it. Or they could be saying, Sometimes people's beliefs are so ludicrous and based on nothing that even when they don't come true, people want to believe so much in something that doesn't exist that they just make excuses for why it didn't work out the way it did. I don't know which side of the coin they're kind of on. Maybe both. Maybe they left it ambiguous so that we would have discussions like this of like, is faith something that will always be tested but never proven out? Or is faith something that is based on nothing and ultimately is a self-fulfilling prophecy? So I kind of approached it initially
1: from the idea of what's important to Mm -hmm. me. Like what's important to Sean Ellis, like the viewer on this. And I think that that's hard because I think that it is written, as you mentioned, in such an ambiguous way that everybody can take away the message that they need, that they, they have to have. I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a faithful person um, in terms of, the religious angle and aspect right. of it, uh, and so for me, it was something where you know you're you're introduced to this this idea, this this belief uh, the, that that lioness has, and I think because I've seen a lot of friends and family that are around me that that do have faith, that do have a belief structure in something that is extremely important to mm-hmm. them. And I think what's nice is that I'm old and I'm mature enough now where I'm able to, to have that adult conversation with them and say, I I understand what your beliefs right. are, I understand what your beliefs are, but it's not, I don't share them. Right. And it's it's not important to me. And it should be important to you. If it's something that you have, if it's something that you want to carry, you should have that ability. You should have that freedom of choice that should be what you want and I think what was hard and I think what I'm coming to realize Mm -hmm. now is that watching Linus go through that process of not being able to have that educated philosophical conversation with a group of peers was very challenging for me because ultimately I wanted him to be able to to believe in the great right exactly in fact I wanted him to be rewarded by the great pumpkin, you know? I wanted that great pumpkin to show up and shower him with gifts, and I wanted him to be happy and ultimately satisfied with the journey and the belief that he had. Do I share that? Fuck no. Like, absolutely not. There's no such thing as a great
0: just Just to be clear, we are recording this in the middle of a pumpkin patch right now because I made Sean come out and sit. Uh, tonight to hope that the great pumpkin Does show up so we are yeah, in the middle So if I'm th- it sounds like I'm not really paying attention It's c- just because I'm looking around to make sure like everything is super Sincere that there's no signs of hypocrisy That I say when the great pumpkin Shows up and not if the great pumpkin shows up I'm trying to stay positive about stuff
1: You know and it, I'm glad that I'm Here but I'm also a little bit disappointed It's also freezing in you the fa- It's freezing and you brought one fucking snuggie Yeah it's mine and it is and cold it's mine.
0: And we're both in it
1: <sighs> But you know I, I Ultimately, what I, I think that I wanted was I wanted, I wanted Linus to be satisfied. Right. He was one person who, because of, the, because of his belief, because of his stance that he was taking on this and the, the level of concern with other people, he was no, in no way, shape, or form was he that dick family member on Facebook that is just like, believe in my thing, otherwise I'm going to unfriend you because I don't want to fucking talk about right. shit in an actual adult manner. Re, reblog. That's how Facebook works, Well, right? and like, um, like
0: when he said to Charlie Brown about Santa Claus, he was trying to like on that same level be like, look, I'm not giving you shit about Santa Claus. This is my, right. this is my thing.
1: You know? And I, I wanted him to be, I, because he was so kind, sincere, yeah. and respectful of everybody else, I wanted him to get the thing that he wanted. I wanted him to go in that direction. I wanted him to have some satisfaction. And the challenge that I think that I'm ultimately having with this is that it was never given to no. him. He was disappointed from start to finish. He was criticized. He was made fun of. And, and again, if you have that belief, if that's a core value of yours, if it's something that you want to carry mm-hmm. with you, you should do that. I don't have any problem with that. I don't feel the same way. But that's okay, because you know what? Linus never expected me to be that right. way. If I wanted to join him, he's wholeheartedly accepting of that. In fact, he'll spend the time and he'll be considerate of everything that's going on. And he'll talk about it so much lo-
0: that the word pumpkin begins to sound really strange. He says It, does. it was very hard to hear so pumpkin. many times. Pumpkin. But here, and I, pumpkin. at the risk of going on a rant here too, there are so many things that happened to Linus and didn't happen for Linus that were so frustrating in the rest of this thing. Like you said, nobody supported him except for Sally, and she only did about ninety-nine percent of the way there. So she was the one that basically was like, "This sounds cool." Um, But if it doesn't prove out the way you said it did within like the 24 hours that I've known about this thing, then I'm out and I'm going to hate you for it. And I demand restitution and I'm going to sue you and I'm never going to come back and do this again. And you wasted my night and I got to wait another year for Halloween and blah, blah, blah. So you got that. So like the one person who looked like maybe was kind of like believing in him and believing in something else was not. She just wanted to spend time with him. That's not the worst thing. The fact that like all of his friends not only ridicule I mean, not only didn't believe him, but ridiculed him. And then at the end, when Charlie Brown and, and Linus are kind of talking, he was like, well, I got, Charlie's like, I got rocks for trick-or-treat and you didn't see the Great Pumpkin again. Linus is like, well, maybe next year. Charlie's like, you know what? It's okay. I did dumb things when I was a kid too. And that sets Linus off because he wasn't just like, hey man, sorry Great Pumpkin didn't show up. I know you were really looking forward to it. I hope he shows up for you next year. Because that could be Charlie Brown saying, like like you were saying, Sean, that could be Charlie Brown saying, like, "Look, I don't share this belief, I think it's a little strange, but if it works for you, cool man, I wish you the best, And I hope that it works yeah. out well." Instead he was just like, "You're being real dumb, so hopefully you'll smarten up by next year." And then to make matters worse, you know faith is and this is something that I've struggled with and I continue to struggle with and is like a very has become a very uh personal thing for me for a number of reasons. Um, faith is supposed to be something that like Gets you through the day, gets you through life, gets you to something beyond, something bigger, something more than just like our, our, our mortal existence here. And for me, that doesn't really work, but I'm, I'm trying. Uh, and for Linus, that's what it was supposed to be the, the faith and the belief and this whole lore that he's built up and the whole ceremony of writing the letter and picking out the perfect pumpkin patch and making it sincere and keeping it from being hypocritical and, and having that belief throughout the night was supposed to give him joy. In the end, it clearly didn't because we closed this whole thing out with him ranting, ranting over the credits about how he's, you know, Charlie Brown is going to be sorry next year when the Great Pumpkin shows up and how he's going to do this all again next year. And he didn't care that he missed trick-or-treat. He didn't care that he missed a costume party. He doesn't care that he's missing out on a childhood with all of his friends, even if they're in purgatory. He doesn't care that he's missing out on all these social experiences because his belief is like the most important thing to him at this particular time. And It doesn't matter if it's fulfilled or not because like any good cult leader, they will always find a way out of any sort of prediction if it doesn't quite come true. And it was just such a deflating moment that I, I don't know which side of the the debate you're supposed to fall on here. Yeah. He's such a pariah for this thing that for the, for the length of this episode, I don't know if he was like supposed to be an allegory for like followers of, you know, Christ back in the day or it supposed to be an allegory for someone who's trying to follow something different now in a time where Christianity is, you know, one of the major religions, if not the major religion of the world. I don't know where that fits. Right. and I don't know what they're trying to say, but I'm glad we can have this conversation. Yeah.
1: <sighs> and I, I think it's important. I think it's important to have the conversation to, to at least understand sort of where it is. And I, I think it's also, I think it's important to sort of, you know, in a day in a in a time where, you know, there there's so much conflict, yeah. you know, and there has been for thousands of years, you know, regarding religion and, and and persecution and problems with it, you know, we have a fun idea that is introduced and it's given to us.
0: Somebody believes in it.
1: Allow them to have that belief. I, I don't See, I don't, but I, don't...
0: I, I will disagree with you there. Uh, they could have gone that route. Okay. They definitely could have gone that route. And it would have been sure. a lighter more fun, very kind of, not frivolous, but a more whimsical kind of cartoon. And it would have been great, because it would have been like, here's this cool new thing that, A, you can now commercialize, and that probably wasn't the original plan, but it's at least, like, uplifting, and somebody in the story gets fulfillment out of it. Whereas this was more true to life, where, again, the whole point of faith is just faith and belief, and not, not, you know, you don't give up once things don't go your way, or you don't say oh, this is proven, this is fact, just because something happens to be maybe coincidental.
1: And I, I think for me, the, the major part of this that is challenging is that cartoons for me is escapism. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to have that ability to kind of withdraw a little right. bit. And, Entertainment. And relax Entertainment. And, and be entertained. And so for something that is so very true to life, being an adult in the mid-30s, it just it it felt it felt hard like i i when this cartoon ended i had sort of like a deep sigh of like relief i was like because at least my life is better than linus's (laughs) you know like i'm doing i walked away from it with the feeling of just like you know what i'm a okay at least i'm not as bad as linus right now yeah and that that was kind of hard that was hard and and
0: at the same time though like Linus still has the rest of the year where he's kind of accepted with everybody else. Whatever his religion or belief or, or holiday celebrations happen to be, he's in lockstep with everybody else. I'm sure whatever the Christmas special is or Hanukkah special or whatever, I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure that there are no problems. So this just sure. seems like it could also just be like Linus is kind of a weird kid that wanted to do kind of his own thing and nobody else wanted to do it with him, but he's stuck to his guns anyway. So I don't know. There's a lot you could pull from it. I can't imagine sitting there with my kids and my kids like looking up. Kids that don't exist, by the way. And kids looking up and just being like, the fuck just happened? And I'd say, first of all, don't use that language. And second of all, I have no idea. Go listen <laughs> to our podcast. We'll explain it.
1: I think the weirdest thing is that I'd be like, I'm really proud of you. For me, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm really proud of you kids that you knew how to actually curse yeah, properly. Yeah, well
0: done. So congratulations. It sounds like a, like a New York like <laughs> like longshoreman.
1: <laughs> I'd be like, Second of all, let's uh, let's watch some Batman. Yeah. animated. Third of all, stop watching <laughs> Die Hard
0: so many times when I'm at work. What the fuck's wrong <laughs> with you kids?
1: I, I I think that I had one final positive takeaway. Okay. So do you think that in, in terms of the faith and and belief that Linus has, I think that we've both presented some some interesting. Arguments and ideas around it. Anything else that we can conclude on before I go to the one positive thing that I think I took away from all
0: of this? Um, I mean, there there literally was a book written on the religious, um, the religious kind of story or parallels that you could draw from this. So if you go to the wiki page, you there's literally a book written on the special for the religious uh, parallels to this. But for me, oh, I don't I don't think I have any more at the moment. So what do you yeah. got, ladies and gentlemen?
1: Uh, Whoever you are looking for in your life, and I say this, I say this wholeheartedly. If you are looking for, if you are, a, if you are in a same sex or you are in, um, you know, heterosexual, a, a heterosexual relationship, thank you, Dave. Um, and and you are looking uh, for another partner, or if you are in just simply the idea of self love, find somebody who looks at you the same way that Sally looks. Linus uh and and I'm not saying this because uh, of how doting she is we've already established that she has strong opinions about things and she has her own ideas and she is an independent child person woman in this cartoon all right I I say just the the fact that there's this such a beautiful moment where that is one of maybe the few cartoonish moments really in this whole thing where Sally looks at Linus, and you just see those little hearts. Oh yeah, come up, heart balloons come up above her yeah. head. You know uh, where she is just she is smitten. She is in love with somebody, and I think that that to me was like the one really beautiful takeaway yeah. is just look for somebody who you are interested in. You know what they, as we've established in, in in this episode and just watching this cartoon, you know what they may not always have the same beliefs or values. That you have, but if you're able to have an honest and responsible and respectful discussion with them, like that type of 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 love, of outlook, uh, of just being able to take somebody in in that way, I think that that's just so beautiful. To me, I was just like, what a wonderful thing to put in this cartoon. Yeah. Uh, that ultimately, I think you said the word perfectly was deflate. Yeah, because this cartoon had this fun lore and idea, and it just sort of seemed to deflate over the course of 25 minutes. But just that one key takeaway of just somebody that you might not disagree with that might believe that there is a great pumpkin that's out there, that you might go out there to try to support them in that sense. And you know what? I think ultimately that's something that Linus really appreciated, was being out there with her, not being alone, and having at least the opportunity to share his vision and his belief with her. It didn't have to come true. In fact, it didn't. You know? But he he was able to at least inform her about what was going on. And she was respectful about it, much unlike any of the other Uh, kids that were in the show.
0: I mean, she threatened to sue him at the end and demanded restitution, but I think that's just because she was kind of upset too. I will say there was one more kind of sweet thing where Lucy does come out at four in the morning um, and picks Linus up off the ground. He's sitting shivering under his blanket in the pumpkin patch. She does bring him in and kind of put him to bed. So, she didn't support him in any way, but she kept him from dying. So that's something yeah. for kids in a cartoon.
1: I don't know if that <sighs> was as much sweet as it was. Not I've murder. More, <laughs> yeah, not murderous. Yeah. I've never seen more cartoon children with just with drawn with animated frowns that seem to get progressively yeah. worse over the course of a show or to to but, the you know, point of like kids... moderate
0: hypothermia. Yeah. <laughs> And a pumpkin fat. And I think this show takes place it, in like it, Wisconsin, too, or like Indiana, somewhere fairly cold. Yeah. Yikes. Well, that's our review. Um,
1: We've got some other we reviews, do. Though, from other people. Are we,
0: do you want to do recommendations after these reviews, see if they sway your opinion one way or the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's you do you want them. to take the first one from uh, Andy B? Sure.
1: So Andy B from England starts his review, and it says, wonderful. Heads up. Ten out of ten, 10 stars of from 10 Andy B. I adored this classic American animation. The Peanuts characters have deservedly found fame well beyond American shores. Indeed, they are legendary, and this animation is, to my mind, the very best. Who could fail to be touched by Linus's faith as he waits for the pu- pumpkin, or he, as he waits in the pumpkin patch? What a character he is! Sensitive, kind, wise beyond his years long-suffering, Lucy sees that, blanket-hugging, and a believer in the great pumpkin. Charlie Brown's experience of trick-or-treating, how bitter sweet childhood is, Snoopy's fantasy life, Sally's devotion to Linus, the wonderful Lucy and Linus theme, all add up to a tremendous show. Every bit as excellent as the
0: famous comic strip. Highly recommended. And we chose that one not only because it was a glowing recommendation, but because they actually mentioned faith. Uh, So many of these reviews, and there's a lot of them out there, so many of these reviews just seem to gloss over the fact that, like, this is kind of a faith allegory. Uh, You don't have to read it that way. You can just say, it's about Halloween and pumpkins and stuff, and that's neat. But, I mean, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, the fact that we did it on this podcast means that, come on, guys, get your shit together. You should be able to do it. Us potato heads can. So.
1: Oh, come on, guys.
0: But then we have a difference of opinion from Duraflex from Ohio. Let's do, do it there. Oh, God. <laughs> this 2 out of 10 star review is titled, What Was Charles Schultz Spelled Wrong? Thinking. I'm sorry, but this has got to be one of the most inane TV cartoons ever made. It's hard to believe that the same people who made A Charlie Brown Christmas ever came up with this. Great Pumpkin is pointless and just plain stupid. There is no Great Pumpkin. When I have to try and explain this nonsensical elements of a cartoon to our seven-year-old who can watch almost anything, including documentaries on the Wright Brothers or other historical figures, something's not right. It's unbelievable that this junk is still airing on network TV more than 40 years after it was made. DuraFlex. You stink, DuraFlex. I I don't really blame them. I blame them for completely glossing over the reason that there was no Great Pumpkin. Uh, They missed that, and I worry about their seven-year-old hopefully they'll figure it out by this point they should be like almost graduating by this point um it's not that bad it's not a two out of ten that's garbage talk um but do you recommend it and if not does it get the dip
1: uh i'll start off with the second question first definitely does not get the dip um I'd recommend this because of, again, cultural significance. I feel like this is a classic cartoon that everybody needs to watch at least
0: once. I'm in the same boat.
1: And I think because of the conversation that we've been able to have tonight thematically, I think it deserves that conversation.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's not, for me, it's not an enjoyable cartoon, but the fact that we get to have a conversation of this level afterwards, which we've never had on the show before, I don't think, um, is worth something. Usually, this is how our show goes.
1: Oh, man. There's a planet called New Texas. And
0: there's... there's a talking horse called 4040, 40, maybe. <laughs> called 3030. Damn it. There's I was ta- so
1: close. Talking horse I called 3030. on 30, both sides 30... <laughs> of the divine. Oh, man. That piece of pizza fell onto that kid, and he turned into a Corvette. <laughs> no. no like, that's, yeah. th- this is good to have sometimes. Every once in a while.
0: At the end of our Monster Madness moments. Month. moments. Uh, so two recommendations <laughs> not to watch it every year. I don't think you need to do that to yourself. Unless you're a self flagellist that's fine. You can do that. Um, Yeah, so it doesn't get the dip. So it still exists. Enjoy that. As for our question of the week, last week, um, we had talked about various toys. So our question was just kind of a generic, what is your favorite toy from childhood? So we had a number of responses for that. Actually, a number of people, since we posted this with our uh, Inhumanoids episode, a number of people actually had these cartoons. Uh, Lattice Aguilar actually had the uh, Inhumanoids um let's see who else had them there we've got somebody from yeah nocturna books from twitter also they said inhumanoids was one of their their big things so we think that they had the uh the toys as well there were some other answers out there uh louis or louise hall says beast wars and transformers it was definitely one of his favorites jennifer michelle probably has my favorite response power rangers used to be one of my shits before the whole thing got dragged into the <laughs> flaming pits of hell so there you go jennifer <laughs> michelle you win this week We don't have anything to give you except our love and (laughs) gratitude, but uh, great answer, great response. The shits. The shits. So that's going to do it for uh, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and 2016 Monster Madness Month. We're going to get back to like crazy, really shallow cartoons next week. I'm looking forward to it so my brain can kind of relax a little bit. But before we do that, buddy, what do you have going on over the next couple of weeks?
1: Uh, guys, I'm in the final week of my show, POTUS, at Washington Improv Theater, witdc.org. Which means we're also in like Checkout. the final
0: week of election season. Thank
1: God. Yes, thank God. Hey, right after the election, starting on the 9th to the 12th, District Improv Festival in Washington, D.C., check it out, districtimprov.org. Uh, there are free tickets that are still available for certain select shows, and we have workshops that are up there if you are a performer and interested in learning about more. As always, you can find me on Twitter and the Instagrams at Sean Paul Ellis.
0: Fantastic. As for me, Dave. Yeah, you can find me on the Twitters at Dr. Claw MD. Uh, You can also find me on Collider, Nerdist, and DaveTrumbore.com. As for our site, if you're interested in finding out more about it, you can find us on SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Uh, You guys have been fantastic. You've been Facebook fantastic. We are almost at actually by the time you're hearing this, we're probably going to be at 3000 likes, fingers crossed. Uh that's amazing for us. That's a big milestone. So we have you guys to thank and just want to make sure that you hear us saying thank you so much for your continued support. You, we guys. really do appreciate it. Uh you can also listen to our uh audio podcast each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play or check it out through our YouTube page as well. Feel free to subscribe, rate and review across all those social media sites. If you have a cartoon suggestion or just want to drop us a line, you can do so SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. So again, that's going to wrap it up for October, buddy, my friend. Oh boy. What do we have starting (laughs) us off in November?
1: Uh, You heard me talking or at least joking about the fact of uh, just sort of escapism and cartoon insanity. Next week, we are going to have a conversation that's probably going to go like this. Chuck Norris, Karate (laughs) Commandos, (laughs) ha ha ha. Crazy, right? Yeah. Next week we are in fact talking Chuck Norris karate. Commandos. Man, I'm looking
0: forward to it. We, we've had this one on the list for a while. Oh, we just wait. never quite got around to it. And I haven't watched. it. I have no clue what this is going to be. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be like it's if Chuck Norris just came to your house punched you in the face. I hope it's going to be that good. uh I hope I so too. Let's get back to it.
1: <laughs> oh, I need it as All well. All right,
0: guys. Thank you so much for listening this month, and always. And we will see you next time on Saturday morning cartoons. Take care. And happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.